0: This is FET News with Darren Frent. Hi, hello everyone. This is your your host, your host of Future Educators Talk. Darren Frett here, and here are your FET News for today. So today, um, I am back. You're surely Darren Fred is back for this. For I am back. I'm back on the podcast as many of you know that I've been gone for about a week for about two weeks now Um, my last was back in November so I am back now um also Damian Anderson is out he will be out for the remainder of December he will be back in January of 2020 so he'll be back next year Plus, we have uh, plus on the broadcasts, we have special, we have our very own guest co-hosts. Mr. Guam will be joining Will be joining. Feature Institute's Talk all month long during the month of December, so you might want to tune in for that. And also, brand new episodes comes out every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 1pm Eastern, so make sure YouTube make sure you tune in and make sure you follow us on all our social medias on Facebook at Future Educators Talk with Damien Darren Twitter at Future Edu Talk on Instagram at Future Educators Talk and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel at Future Educators Talk with Damien and Darren and make sure you tap that bell so that you'll be notified when brand new episodes come out, so make sure you tune in for that. Also, Brunch Talk with Dare Fred is coming back with a brand new time starting Thursday, December 12th at 10.30. Yes, that's right. Brunch Talk with Dare Fred. Many of you have been, well, not many, not really many of you have been asking, but Talk with Fred is coming back on Instagram Live with a brand new time starting Thursday, December 12th. Also, FET Twitter Live is also coming back as well. That is coming back on Tuesday at 10.30. Plus... Brought to Talk with Dare Fred Twitter Live. That series premiere will be Wednesday, December 11th at 1030, where your host, yours truly, Dare Fred, uh, will be talking about Monday's episode. So, uh, also, Coffee Talk with David Anderson is also, will be will be having a new date and time coming in 2020. So make sure you tune in for that. Well, that is all I have for you for today for FET News. So make sure you listen to my next episode of Future Educators Talk. Monday morning. Uh, this is m I am your co-host, Derek Frets. Uh as you can see, in the ARC is still out of month you, you will be back next year. Today uh, we have Mr. Quarmani uh continues to co-host uh, with us today uh, as we'll be for the remainder of of December and we have a special guest now you may remember him because uh he was on last mm-hmm. month yes that's right. about Mr. Luther yes he is coming back for today's mm-hmm. and his episode and episode welcome back to the podcast
1: thank y'all thank y'all how y'all doing this morning uh we doing well doing well
0: all right doing good morning. so today we're going to talk about teens suicide uh we're going to talk about teens today um first and foremost um uh, but what is first? I'm gonna start off with Mr. Luther since he has uh, yes, with Mr. Luther, since he has uh, witness or dealt with suicide. So I'm gonna start off with you. Uh, what is your, your
1: yeah? Uh, this yeah, this past this past week, uh, one of our young men that we knew who played on. Um, Basketball for our school. He uh, committed suicide, um, but this suicide wasn't due to any bullying or, you know, he he came from a great home. You know, his parents were always in, involved. Um, his mental health is really what took a toll for him. He was just uh, from his words. He he was stressed. He was he was more stressed because of the situations that he was in. I mean, like I said, he comes from a good home, but just the neighborhood that he stayed in, and he said it was just so much pressure. Like everybody was just trying to pull him this way, pull him that way. I mean, the man had a great future. The the young man had a 3.6 overall wow. GPA. The man um, scored high on his um, SAT. I mean, he he had it. I'm not calling him the golden ticket. Because that's not what he looked at it as. He knew that he was gonna be able to get out of that situation. You had a full ride basketball scholarship. You, you know, you you're doing things that a lot of people in your neighborhood couldn't do. And I guess the pressure just took a toll on him. And um, is come to find out that uh, he hung himself. Wow. And so, so as a coach, you know, you know. You know devastating you know but at the end of the day you know it's just one of those things that it wasn't you know most of our kids if they are suicidal have suicidal thoughts what sticks out most to you is because they're being bullied you know that's always the number one factor i'm being bullied don't nobody like me you know things of that nature this young man wasn't in neither of those categories just the mental, the mental illness in his mind or whatever he was going through at that time just took over, you know, and I I, underst- I understand what mental illness means, but to actually be able to experience that through that young man, it's more deep, deeper than that. Because I remember you took a break because you were getting yourself together. You, you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so I've never doubted or, you know, made people feel less of who they were because of the state that they go through. But that one hit home. You know, when you were off the air for a little bit dealing with what you were dealing with, it hit home. Because, you know, you were active always. You get what I am saying? We would always see a post from you. But you had to focus on you.
2: Mm -hmm. And I
1: guess just like that, it it took a toll. So, but the kids now understand that this just doesn't have to deal with being bullied. Mm -hmm. This can this can just be something of everyday life situation. You can start having these thoughts because there's a lot of things that are going on that maybe you're not ready and you feel as though if I just take my life away, then I'm good to go. You know, but that's not the case.
2: So that's that's how we handle that right now. Well, it's um it, it's interesting you mentioned that because even it's not even just a, um kids who are going through suicides. Because you know, with suicides, they they manifest themselves in different ways, just as you mentioned. But um, maybe next mm-hmm. year. Because you know, I follow you know, I'm a Spudax, so I follow a lot of sports. And even in the players' trip, mm-hmm. yeah, players like uh, Kevin Love and DeMar DeRozan, these are like NBA superstars who are at mm-hmm. the height of their careers. These are perennial All Stars, have millions of followers. Who, who look up to them and for them to say, with all their success, that they get depressed because of the heightened level of expectation that they have to put out on a daily basis when they get on the court. That was telling because you would, I mean, because I mean, for us, you know, the average basketball viewer, you're thinking, you know what, these guys have the made, they got the money, and yet. Mm-hmm. They still in the press so if it's happening with adults I mean I can't even imagine what it's like for you know for young people particularly teens who have these expectations because i mean i mean even athletic as a you know a coach right I'm sure you're basketball coach mm-hmm. um, we have certain yeah. players on your team who are being looked at by scouts. They probably play AAU. Mm-hmm. So when you're in that, and, and I'm sure and those guys, I'm sure they're looking at their rankings every day. Like, you know what? I'm comparing myself to these other players who play for other AAU programs or other states because when you look at just sports media, they put so much emphasis on rankings and all these other um, metrics to you know compare different players at such a young age. Mm-hmm. How can you not... How can you not ignore, you know, what's going on? So, I mean, I can't even imagine what what they're going through because that's just a lot of expectation. And you have to look at the fact that, you know, well, for some of these kids, they, they may be the first person that will go to college. They may be first-generation college students, potentially. They may be a breadwinner family mm-hmm. if all goes well. And all they have to bank on is their ability on the court actually take it off the hood for some of them so we the expectations we look at the socioeconomic levels for some of the students not all but a good number of students especially those who look like us Mm -hmm. that really plays a role in just uh the anxiety and just the um the amount of pressure that comes that comes into play and the trauma so I definitely hear where you're coming from with that.
1: I mean, and then, and then too, like you said, now we talk. We talking about NBA superstars, right? But let's look. Let's look at. Okay, let's look. Let's look at me for instance, black male teacher. You know what I go through every day on a daily basis, but that doesn't mean that I go home and have thoughts in my mind. You get what I'm saying? Yes, the job is stressing at times, but I have to be the bigger person and I have to set the right example even when times are tough. And I'm talking about even when the times are tough in the classroom. So my method is this. I'm not going to go home and stress out to the point to where this takes me to a road of darkness, if that makes sense of what I'm saying. Because a lot of teachers get into this field and feel as though this is something they really want to do. And then when they really get in the midst and the mist of it and really get in the deep of it, then they decide that they just have a a, a break. Yes. If you understand. No, what I, I'm with at. you because yeah. and mm-hmm. then some of these teachers. Okay. And then some of these teachers decide that because of this mental breakdown that I'm going through, this is how I'm going to act in this classroom today. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sitting here. And I'm like, as a black male teacher, no matter what the race is, I'm I'm not a racist person. Like I've said on every episode, I don't, I would support any and every ethnic group in the world. But as a black male teacher, we get so much put on us as if to say we are supposed to be the Superman and the Batman of the world. Yep. And that is not the case because I have a life too. And the more pressure you put on me, then the more tired that I'm going to be mentally, not physically, we're talking about mentally, I'm going to be tired because you're not sending in the resources or you're not wanting to help me. You're just feeling like I'm supposed to be this savior. But because of what I see of what my kids come from and what they deal with, I don't let it bother me. But everybody is not like that. And so now we have to take the same energy as a black male teacher, I feel I got to take the same energy that I use every day and instill that into my kids. My kids can come talk. They come to a teacher when they're going through these suicidal thoughts or these mental breakdowns. No, they can't because most of the teachers don't want to hear it. So we'll start having, we're we'll, we'll, we'll getting more suicidal deaths than, than anything. But that's because everybody needs to start coming together and stop just pinpointing, well, I'll deal with that kid because I like that kid. That kid don't give me no issues. So anything that they go through, I'm going to talk to them. But you're not even thinking about what my man's going through in the back. You don't even know what his home situation is. And then when he starts to act out, first thing you want to scream is, oh, he's a disciplinary issue. How? You don't know what he's thinking in his head. And then two weeks later, this young man and killed himself because nobody wanted to listen to him. You don't no, nobody knows he's abandoned at home. Nobody knows he's being—he's probably being abusive at home. You know things like that everybody doesn't come from those situations. But we had a good situation. Yeah. But then let's go to the bad situation. No,
2: it's 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 very this serious. Thing is serious. And this is this and is it's serious. situations like this that brings up the that pretty much qualifies the reason why we need to really focus on social emotional learning in our schools and also restorative practices. Man, like honestly. It's situations like this that that pretty much warrant these programs taking place in our schools. Uh, you know, because we have so many kids coming to us with baggage, emotional baggage, all types of trauma, and you know what? The mm-hmm. only outlet they have and sanctuary they have is that classroom, being around their friends, being around mm-hmm. adults who they can trust. And those are things that, mm-hmm. are granted, you know, because already there's, it's so few of us in the profession, you know, as there is, and you, and I mean, you, you know, mm-hmm. the amount of pressure that that weighs heavily on our shoulders. When we're trying to do this work. We also know that mm-hmm. we have to, you know, maintain. We have to maintain our presence, we have to, you know, stay strong, you know, for our kids because if we're not in the game, we can't be of any service to them. You know, so I I mm-hmm. do like a lot of these schools, man, they need to really exactly. focus on really investing in restorative practices and social emotional learning and not co-opt the terms. In some districts, it's pretty mm-hmm. much co-opted. They they say it, but it's not being done with fidelity. Mm-hmm. They just kind of go through the because you know, maybe they got a grant from a mm-hmm. university, or or maybe, you mm-hmm. know, they're just trying to, you know, put out this window dressing so that it creates the perception that they're all in on these programs when in actuality they're not. So Man, we really gotta, you know, look at it from that standpoint. Cause there's some teachers who, you know, them they prime in your schools too. They they come into, they're just coming in just to simply do their job, and they don't really take the time to get to know the kids, you know, on a personal level. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just pretty much all business. You know what? We got we got to get rid of these tests. We got graded for these park um, assessments. That's going mm-hmm. to determine whether or not I have a job next year. That's kind of their mentality. But but the thing is, how can these exactly. kids perform if they don't? Um, if they're not? Um, if their mental and emotional physical state is not up to par. You know what I mean? So that kind of goes back to, you know, we always talk about this idea of um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, as, as well as, um, you know, Bloom's Tech Zombie. We always hear the saying, we have to Maslow before we bloom, right? You can't, you gotta use those basic needs before we can get to the academics. I mean, look at the brother um, Akbar Cook in Newark, what he did at his school. He transformed the locker room into a laundromat <laughs> because, he read, oh,
0: wow.
2: because he recognized that he <laughs> was really at his school and they will not come to school because of fear mm-hmm. of that. And then on top of that, he creates a lights-on program where kids come to the school every Friday. The school's open on Friday nights, every Friday, and they play a whole bunch of games. As a way to get off the streets and to protect them from the the gun violence that was taking into new one. like it Matt mm-hmm. in place the suicide which would probably be off the wall if he didn't take you know, those measures. So exactly, it's possible, but we have to. We need more school leaders and more school districts to, you know, take the time to, you know, really look into these um into this issue of suicide and the issue of mental trauma and, and all these other things that are tied to it.
0: Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. And and not just and you know what and not, and you know what and not just having um professional development about how to run your classroom. You know what I mean? Let's let's have professional development really mm-hmm. about Mental illness. You know what I'm saying? Let, let's have professional elements about, you know, how can we prevent the suicides from our students? You no, know, why we can't have those type of things? You know, how about all the brothers? I don't care if my if the brother stay in Delaware, Mexico. I don't care where he stays. Why? Like we have to be on me talk. I love to be on me talk. Yes. Like, I'm going to that conference in Atlanta, right? Let Let's talk. Let's Let's come together as brothers. You understand what I'm saying? And let's do something about this. I don't care if you've been in education for 50, 58, 60 years. If a brother coming in as a first year educator, even a second year, let's still build them up. Let's still help that brother. Let's all come together. Cause people wanna use years and and titles to make it seem like they, they better than the yes. next person. They even do it in school. That's not what this is about. It's about our children our children are killing each other and you're up here telling me that you got your phd i don't care about that what are we going to do about these these children in our school then put your mind and put your brain and your experience with mine and there you do go. something for these kids you want the you 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 want the recognition have it i don't care you, you get what I'm saying? i don't care you want you you want the recognition you can have the recognition but all those kids going to get what they need
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's not about clout It's about getting our kids to where they got to get to. You you know what I mean? Like, it's, man, this education field is something serious. But you know what? If if you're going to stand up and you're going to be a man about something, then stand up and be a man about these kids. If that means I got to stand up to you in a professional manner because you're not doing what it is for those kids, then that's what I'm going to do. I don't care what their background is. You would rather paper trail those kids than to help them. I don't believe in that. No, I don't believe you. in the paper
2: trail. Because no, the paper trail is gonna get them in jail. That's the but that's the reality of it. And and to even um to even take your point further, all those points are valid. Here's the thing. Most districts can't afford to have a guidance counselor or a social worker in each and every school. So this for a fact. So, given the right. fact that there's already a shortage of social workers and guidance counselors in our school districts nationwide, that's even more why we have to Especially. pick up the pieces mm-hmm. and and really step up in terms of addressing the the mental state of our children. We don't have the, we don't have the professionals in our mm-hmm. schools who can do that. We don't have that type of staffing in most of these schools and it's not even a case either. right? in some cases not a yeah, case either. of it's not even a situation where you know what we don't have the money or the funds to to get these professionals sometimes the way that the money is allocated in some districts is not a priority let's keep it real they're not they're not thinking about bringing in social workers and stuff because guess what it's not cost effective so you know so we have to look at so I mean when you talk about mental health man it just there's so much and there's so many things that intersect when you talk about, you know you, we talk, you can't talk about mental health without talking about just having the right professionals to address people. I mean it, it ties to so many different things that are wrong with our education system But to
1: me, to me, I'm with you on that. That means that somebody now needs to step you. up. You, you understand what I'm saying? You, you know what? I'll do. I'll, I'll do. I'll do a PDU. That is hard for me to do. It. You, you understand what I'm saying? Let, let forget about the money. I will come to your school and I'll I will do this for for your teachers. No cost. Because if this is what it's going to take, then that's what I'm willing to do. My job is to teach history, right? But. If I got to go guidance counselor mode to set up a plan for you to get what you gotta get to, then that's what I do because we already at the school during their 48 hours a day, right? So if I got to go the extra mile to make sure that my kids get what they need, then guess what? That's what I'm willing to do on my own. Because no, at the end I, of the day, we still you, gotta
2: help mm-hmm. guide them. You're right. But um But but you know, you know, you know, you and I, we're kinda similar in that regard because when you're especially when you're like one of the only few or the only black teacher or black male teacher in your building, you turn out to be the one that is doing it all because you care so much. You 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 look at these kids, you understand these kids at a level that no one else can. As a result, you go the extra mile when it comes to your job. You go beyond your your job description you you put in the extra hours you might even sacrifice a weekend but here's the thing that here's where it could potentially mm-hmm. backfire and i've been someone that's doing it throughout my my entire career right. sometimes we're human too we we, yeah, we get tired mm-hmm. and we ask mm-hmm. ourselves mm-hmm. man i wish somebody else can can show some of this load because you know what I got a family too I got a wife I got a son I would love to spend more time with them Mm -hmm. you know and I'm all Mm -hmm. about sacrificing and giving up some of my time for the better good I'm all for that but if I know that if we're supposed to be functioning as a team if we're supposed to be be promoting a positive school culture right I shouldn't be the only one that should Mm -hmm that should care about what's going on. It shouldn't just be me. It should be about the entire, my my team, the entire school. We should all have that mindset when it comes to addressing our children. And then finally, if I'm exerting so much energy trying to save our children, trying to help our children, then where's my mental state? Where is my mental state? Now I'm starting to get sick trying to help some of our children who are mm-hmm. who are who are sick internally sick mentally and mm-hmm. exerting myself overexerting myself I've now become sick and now someone's got to come and help me who's going to help me out because mm-hmm. if no one helps me out, exactly, then how exactly. if I can't help myself how am I going to help my kids if I'm not helping myself so that's health care comes in. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't think think like that. <clears throat> you get what I'm saying. And then on top of that, you have two. You have two. You have two males at a dominant, you know, area of what they love to do. And the good thing about it is I'm giving you my insight and you're giving me your insight, but we're coming together about the same thing. You get what I'm saying? As the polls, when you see other people do it, it's about, you know, who got the, you know, who, well, no, I don't agree. Like, that's not what this, my, this was not for me to fight you for. You you get what I'm saying? I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And this is what we do in front of our kids. And now they looking like, what's, what, what, what's the problem? because I said this and you acting like you can't agree. I never did anything out of my mouth say, I don't agree with what mm-hmm. you're saying. Even though you're saying it differently, we are both saying the same thing. So since we're both saying the same thing, let's sit down together and come up with a plan. That way, when we come up with a plan, since we normally have what? We have faculty meetings, a we can sit down with the secretary. I need to speak with our principal, ASAP. Let me know a day that he's available to speak. Then we can both come in together and say, principal, such and such. This is the plan that we came up with to help our kids. At the next faculty meeting, can we discuss this so we can get everybody a,
2: you know, to be All a part right. of it? Well, what I have doing. a I got a question. I got a question. <laughs> now, when you look at education today, we look at how it's um evolved over the past. Twenty-five years, because you know I'm going back to when I was in elementary school. We we only had to do one test. That was our state test that happened maybe in March or April near the end of the mm-hmm. year. It was cumulative, but mm-hmm. we weren't sweating. Mm-hmm. We weren't really sweating about it though, because it wasn't like the Super Bowl, where you know what? As soon as you come into the school year. All you hear about is the test, how we have to prepare for for the test, how everything that you do impacts your ability to do well on the test. That wasn't the case 25 years ago when I was a student, you know what I'm saying, at the school. So now, NCLB happens during the Bush administration. Now there's an increase in standardized testing. Now... You have teachers who have to be highly qualified in order to even get a teaching job. Now schools have to achieve um, adequate yearly progress every year, the AYP goals, in order to stay open and not be taken over by the state in which they're in. If, If NCLB did not exist, as we know it, Do you believe that there will be more of an emphasis on social emotional learning? Do you think that it would probably minimize the amount of suicides that take place in our schools if that didn't happen? Because I do believe that it's had uh, a significant effect on this mental state not just of students but of teachers so i just wonder if we were to take that out of the equation would that change what's what's happening just put it out there Well, it, dep- it depends
1: on the it, like you say. it depends on the state so like my mom yeah. she was a reading coach at an elementary school and is that Word. what you just told me but they closed their school down but here's the funny thing, yeah, so she was the reading coach right out of her out of her years there Guess what, bro? And this is real talk. The third graders were the most crucial ones for the right. test. It wasn't even the fifth grade. It was the third graders. Here's the here's the here's the jacked up part about it. Out of all the third graders, all the third graders, bro. You finna laugh when I tell you this. 85% pass reading and math. And you still close the school down.
2: Wow. 85.
1: passed. talking about reaching goal games. You understand what I'm saying? My mom is when it comes to that reading. My mom don't play, but the reading coach, I mean the math coach they had too was on the same page with my mom because they understood what was at stake. And you still close the school down. And on top of that, there were teachers in there. Yes, they had some kids who really wasn't that that was that other like 25%. Wasn't really, you know, that not that not, that other 15% that wasn't really good at standardized testing, but their portfolios, y'all, was on point. They understood it, they just wasn't good with standardized testing. But you get with them in the classroom as far as getting what they needed to get, man, their portfolios was on point. And then you close the school down because you said that the third graders didn't reach a certain level. Well, that was a lie because then when they presented it to them they presented it to them they know what to do but because you are you you closed down a historically black school you weren't to reopen it anyway even with the proof that they had you understand what i'm saying so i feel as though if there was no no child left behind thing, think i wish you on that because when i was in school it was the same oh, thing like you yep. they weren't <laughs> about no tests like that it they wasn't weren't. about that but at the end of the day though at the end of the day though if i got proof if I got proof that my kids again what they need to do through their portfolio they can go on to the next grade and then what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna let that teacher know this is his strength this is her strength these are her weaknesses this is how you might want to I'm not telling you how to teach your class but with these particular students Sorry. you might want to do A, B, and C that way when you bring everybody together guess what everybody on the same page and now you ain't got to stop your lesson to take those kids over here while the other, you you understand what I'm saying? Everybody's involved now. Now you're not disconnecting the classroom because of this and that and this. So yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. I feel I feel like this if we're doing what we got to do and those kids are performing, then what about to yeah. the CB, and then we we good.
2: I only brought that we up good. because I feel like as as teachers, particularly teachers in the United States, I can't speak for mm-hmm. other countries but there is an overwhelming amount of pressure mm-hmm. that's placed on us to perform. And it's even heightened when it's mm-hmm. black teachers. And, and more specifically, black male teachers, mm-hmm. brothers, right? So I always wonder, well, mm-hmm. there might be, and this is not an excuse for why it's not happening, but I, I, I wonder, well, gee, there are probably some teachers who wish in their utopian world that they could be that teacher that could pull a kid to the side and just take ten minutes out of their instruction to address a child, without worrying their mind, mm-hmm. impact their ability to pace the curriculum. Cause you already know you have scope and sequences. We gotta get through this many standards and objectives by a certain period in order to get them ready for an assessment. That's the pressure that's put on us. So every day of the day is yeah. crucial. And um depending on what state you're in, the tests have a huge bearing on security. You know what I mean? So so yes, as much as we would like to, you know, focus on social emotional learning and be able to take who hell, take a day to not have to you know to not even focus on academic but just focus on yo know, what's good with you how are you doing how's your mama doing mm-hmm. right you know what I'm saying I understand mm-hmm. this is probably your fifth foster home how are you holding up where is there mm-hmm. conversations during the instructional during our instructional periods you know what I mean so I just wonder if we weren't so focused on trying to keep our jobs so we can stay in the game for the kids, how much more effective can we be in terms of being those therapists that we that we need to be for them? The big brothers, the the mothers and the fathers that we need to be for them?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I,
1: I'll be honest with you, I've done it. And my principal came in and I kept what? doing it. And you know what he told me? He was like, man, he said, I ain't never experienced a teacher like you. He was like, because even though I had walked in your classroom, he was like, you was getting it to him straight. He was like, man, I, I commend you on that. He was like, and, you know, the work that you are doing, I can see an increase in these students' grades. But guess what? It wasn't about that. At the end of the day, That's like I right. said, I'm going to take time out to see how you're doing. Especially if you came in my classroom all jacked up from the next period. Oh, nah. We ain't finna have that. Like, I'm the only... I was the only person um, that'll play music. But I ain't talking about like, that classic colonel. I'm talking oh. about like, Nipsey Hustle, like, clean version. You get what I'm saying? Cause, like I, my... People got... When I got... See, I heard like, my best friend oh, like, yeah. he put me on Nipsey. On Nipsey, right? But I wasn't really on Nipsey, if that makes sense. And so one night, man, I woke up, man. It was like it had to be about two in the morning, bro. One night, I just woke up and I got on my on my um uh, my iPhone and I just started that. Out of doubt, this this how crazy it was man. I went from Nipsey, Kendrick, and oh, J. Cole they- all in that sequence, right? And I'm sitting here listening to this, and I'm like, I'm like, okay. I said, man, I'm gonna bring some powerful stuff. To my um to my classroom, and then I love Wale too, so I put Wale in the mix, and so I'm like, okay, we you get what I'm saying? And my kids, they like, Coach, Coach, what's who this Coach? I said, man, that's Nipsey. They like, oh, Coach, this brother spitting some stuff, man. Like, what's up? What, hey, how can we listen to this again? Do what you gotta do. And then within like that last 15 minutes of class, we'll go ahead and we'll start looking at the lyrics of what these things really mean and who he's really talking to and why he's talking like he's talking. You get what I'm saying? Now I did, you know, exclude the cussing part, but Um, what I'm saying is we were breaking down the lyrics and they like coach I'm going through this in everyday life coach like cuz I love history and I tried to propose something to my my principal what? about doing a hip hop history class where kids could pick from US government, American government, American history or they can do the um hip hop history class of course you already know how that turned out to be well some of the kids don't listen to that and we just I'm like it's all good but I'm still going to promote that because hip hop is a history mm-hmm. it's a culture and I feel that should you can get a credit for that too. Everybody don't want to hear about American no. government. Everybody don't want to hear but about what happened in 1862. No. Come on, man! Like, let's talk about let's talk about NWA. Let's let's talk about Sugar Hill Gang. Let's let's talk about how it started, why it started, and what and what did that culture mean. Public arrest, me. like let's go like, deep into hip hop. Listen, exactly. Let's go deep into it, but, but you know they ain't trying to support that. But if I told y'all I want to do a cooking club for home economics, y'all would be like, yeah, we can surely get our kids to learn how to cook and clean and stuff. No, man. Like, let's go. Let me show these, let's teach, let me teach my kids about the real hip-hop history, baby. How they got started. You know what I'm saying? Like, that just gives me hype, man. But once again, that's something, you know. I find that that that's find it amazing. Dang wood, wood, dang Cause hip-hop, because
2: you know, me, you know, being me, me being a hip hop head. I feel like the way that we go about business is hip hop. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's more than the music. It's just it's an attitude. Mm-hmm. You know, the I mean? culture is the way that mm-hmm. is the way that we bring presence to to our being. You know what I mean in the classroom. But what's crazy is we exactly. people dismiss hip hop, but exactly. yet it gets culturally appropriated by white America. Hell, look at. We we they say exactly. we don't want hip hop in our classrooms, but guess what? We got vocabulary. We got vocabulary. Exactly. Yeah, I see okay. White folks, I've seen white folks, talk, man, keep keep in talking. the classrooms rapping over okay. vocabulary videos, and they getting praise. Okay. They're like teachers of the year, and I'm mm-hmm. thinking, okay. okay, okay, really
1: okay and we've been doing this we've been doing this in the classroom but when we do it when we do it it's 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 a no that is not how that is not how we want to you know we want you to run your classroom and things like that wait a minute bro because dude four four doors down the hallway doing the same thing and you just went up there and gave him dab did a handshake and y'all was doing the whatever you wanted to do
2: yeah but I think, but I think going back to just, cause we are talking about teen suicides. I think sometimes, as teachers, even though our primary job is to provide instruction and to and to deliver content to students, I mean that's what's in our job description. Ultimately, we have an we have a job to preserve the humanity of the students as well. You know, because they're coming to us because they're starving for something. They're starving for structure. They're starving for normalcy. They are starving for something that they're not getting in their homes, in their communities, in their neighborhoods. And they come to us seeking, exactly. seeking that normalcy. So it's our job. So here's the thing. If we can't be ourselves in the classroom, how can we preserve the humanity of our children if we can even be ourselves so if that means means you know playing some J. Cole playing some Kendrick if that means you know taking 20 minutes out of class because you recognize that you know what the kids just aren't feeling the lesson like listen I understand that they got test in two weeks but you know what if I don't get past this funk if I don't address it right now, I'm not going to get any type of instruction done, period. They're not about what I say if I don't take the time to address this very issue. And if we, and, and mm-hmm. is if more teachers had that mindset, like you said, of just not caring about what others might think, just said and done because guess what? We all have circumstances that that might um hinder us from taking a risk that we would like to take. But if we had more teachers that just were like fearless and just said, you know, listen, I gotta do what's best for my kids. As opposed to, you know what, clearly I'm doing this lesson. It doesn't feel right. And I know this lesson is is it's boring and the kids aren't feeling it but guess what if i don't do this lesson i'm gonna get in trouble but my principal and my and my um uh, and my uh, supervisor and, and my administrator but you mentioned something your you, you said that um someone your principal came into your room and said man i've never seen a teacher like you right what if there were more principals that just allow you to just be you there are more schools that exactly. just allow their teachers to just be themselves and give them the autonomy to run their classrooms the way that they want to and still achieve the that you want them to achieve as teachers in your building. Man, like, but depending on who the principal is, yes, some who are micromanagers, and then there's some who. Or are more hands off? They'll just let you do what you need to do, as long as you get the results. At the end of the day, however you get there, they don't care how you get there. Just make sure you get there. If we we just more principles like that, what? Um. Um. So right now, I live in Ethiopia, but before that, I've taught in Pennsylvania. Okay. Specifically, Philly, and most recently, I was in Boston, Massachusetts. So I taught in Boston public schools for five years. Um, that's, uh, okay,
1: I, that's funny. I was born in Concord, Massachusetts. Oh. okay. I was born in Concord, Massachusetts. Yeah. That's funny you said that. But um, I was when we, we we're talking like just not to get off the the subject, but. When you said that have you 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 on Twitter, I'm right on. Now, right?
2: Usually, I'm on. I'm um, mostly on Facebook and Twitter. I'm Facebook and um, Instagram. I'm Instagram. Um, not as much on Twitter, but um, definitely on Facebook and Instagram. Absolutely. Okay the
1: the principal that's in Virginia, the the white man that's in Virginia, he's mm-hmm. like the tatted principal. You heard yo, you what's heard his of name him before, right? That's the type of principal. I I can't even think of his name off top. But when you said that about the type that's the type of principal he is, that he like he's open. He he wants you to be yourself. He wants you to be yourself in the classroom. As long as you're getting the kids to where they gotta get to, this man, this man. This man has a skateboard, and this man to go skateboarding in the, in the school. Like you tell me, what type of principal that, that is? That's a lit principal, man. So I guarantee you, if we was to talk about this same situation, a suicidal situation with that principal, I'm pretty sure he's already instilled into his teachers. This is what we got to do to make sure that our kids don't get
2: to this point. All right, and let's break
1: it all together.
2: Nah, that yeah, you're absolutely right. Too. Yeah, we, we need that but it's it's crazy we're talking about teen suicides but yet look at all the different angles that we're taking on this because teen suicide is such a broad mm-hmm. issue and yep. I think the reason why it's so' broad is because it happens it, it, it it's it you know it occurs in so many different ways like just like we said again it's not that it's not always the classic I get bullied every day and it got to a point where I got, I just killed myself like the, like the the Cincinnati boy that got bullied. And then two days later, he he ends up, he ends up hanging himself in his room. Sometimes it's just a case of, you know what? I have the perfect life. My family's doing great. I got two parents in my home. I'm the I'm most popular kid in my school, you know, i'm all american Mm -hmm. i have friends lots of friends people who look up to me and even with all that i still feel sad Mm -hmm. i still don't feel good about myself yeah so i mean yes yeah Yeah. so just looking at this issue i mean we're, we're talking about social emotional learning we're talking about culturally responsive teaching. We're talking about um, this idea of restorative justice. Like, all these things that we hear about in education today, all these apply to su- to teen suicide.
1: And, and, on top of that, just like you said, it, it don't have to be your... It, it can be this. So, you want to put me through some pain, so I'm going to put you through some pain too. But instead of me putting my people through the pain of me hanging myself, I'm going to come to school and I'm going to shoot up the whole school because I'm going to show you what the pain that I'm going through. Oh, wow. And then yeah. I want your parents to feel the same pain that I'm going through. So I'm going to shoot up everybody. Oh, you was the guy that talked trash about me in the classroom? you didn't be the first one to go. And he's gone. Oh, you was the one that used to talk behind my back and do all this? You finna go. You get what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah, that's suicide. That's suicide I don't have to be just hanging yourself. That's suicidal doctor be I'm gonna go into school and get it get it going. Oh, yeah because you've already made it up in your mind it's gonna be
2: suicidal today and they gonna but get you know, hurt the day since you hurt me. But you know what's crazy? This we look at the shootings, right? Now, obviously the shootings take place in a lot of different you know schools,
1: mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. but but look at the trend here. Sandy Hook mm-hmm. and uh um, mm-hmm. right Parkside down in Florida. Mm-hmm. What did those two particular? Oh, Columbine. Let's not forget about Columbine, mm-hmm. right? Let's not let forget about Columbine, yes. No, yes. that was, yes. now I was in high school when Columbine happened. I was in high school and I still remember that. Exactly. Here's, exactly. here's common. All three of those schools I mentioned were in affluent, predominantly white mm-hmm hmm in neighborhoods where the kids are considered well off mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they have two parent households they're not dealing with the same things that the students that we typically teach deal with mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yet look at look at look at what happened people come into the school they're shooting up everybody and people are dying ends and people are dying and they're coming from what we consider well to do homes and neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. So so I say that to say with 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 teen suicides, it's not just an affluent white neighborhood thing. No, this is happening everywhere. Matter of fact, this is happening, it happens in predominantly black and Latinx neighborhoods the only but the, well, the problem is it happens in the form of you know what like gun violence mm-hmm. it happens in the form of you know drug overdose mm-hmm. all these other issues but what's being reported in the news is what changes the people's perception of it you see what i'm saying mm-hmm. the way that it reported is different than how they report San, um, Sandy Hook, Parkside, Columbine. There's a difference in the reporting of, of these of these incidents, but yet the source is very much the same. All these things that happen stem from trauma. Mm-hmm. They all stem from um, uh, the, a sense of anxiety and depression. But we never. Take the time to look the to look at the intersectionality of those of those experiences.
1: And I I was read I was just reading something right now and they were saying like they're saying like suicide is you know on the rise among young Americans. Of course, you just talked mm-hmm. about it, but it's just like you said, of all races, of all races, not not just one race, of right. all mm-hmm. races. And they said it's contributed to lower life expectancy overall. That's, that's, that's what it contributed to. They said while suicide was the 10th most common cause of death among Americans of all ages in 2017, it was second leading cause of death among young Americans ages 15 to 24. Wow. According to a new data released on Thursday. Wow. Wow. Okay. And and, and they said that between, between 2000, in 2007, they said the suicide rate among among youth was ages 10 to 24. It said it Hoovered around 6.8 deaths per 100,000 people. Wow. wow. And now it's like <laughs> at a 56% increase in less than two decades.
2: Wow. 56% increase. So thing, wow.
1: Yes. And like you say, this thing is serious. And then they said among Black youth, Suicidal attempts increased by 73% oh, wow. among black oh, people. Oh wow. Oh wow. That's a huge jump because suicidal attempts are the biggest risk factor linked um to dying by suicide.
2: That's I mean That's... I mean I mean I'm I'm surprised, but I'm not surprised by the statistic. Like, man but that's telling that's telling I mean which is why and I and I keep saying this we really have to look into <clears throat> bringing more of these programs there has to be more of a social emotional learning we and we and it can't just be a buzzword just to sound smart. Right. We have to be serious right. about this work and how it can impact different communities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can we look at how can you? How can you ignore the fact that this is an issue? How can you ignore that fact? Right. Mm-hmm. It's not going to go away. You know? It's not.
1: Hmm. Um, mm, 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 mm. Oh man! <laughs> I ain't got nothing else to say after that. I ain't got nothing else to say after that because, like, I, I just ain't got nothing else to say because every, every, everybody was bring bringing that heat today.
2: Yeah. Everybody, yes. man.
1: Listen, listen. It, you gonna need popcorn. You gonna need a, a drink. You gonna need <laughs> something. A drink. You gonna need a catering. You gonna need something because, like. Like like you always told me, this when when we come on these podcasts, this is the stuff that you've been wanting to say for the longest. And when you say it, one thing I can say is not get it is it, not unprofessional because you know how most people think. But well, that was just unprofessional. How he's no, it's not unprofessional. No, It's not. I'm telling you how I feel in a professional manner because I know who's listening. But these are opportunities that I because my goal like my goal I want to be a motivational speaker so this right here just this alone and you guys allowing me to come on the podcast is going to help me because now I can take what I'm saying and I can talk you know to the the, because I love talking to students but at the same time you still have the teachers who really want to hear what we have to say too but for the students it shows them that hey you know what I see where he's going with this you know, let me let me take what he said and imply that to my life and see how that'll work for me. And then teachers are like, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't have did X, Y, and Z. Let me go up here and do A, B, C, and see how to work in my classroom. You, you know what I mean? So just with these topics and and how we come together to talk about this stuff, it can be some good changes when it comes to education if people are willing to make that change. All
2: right. Mm-hmm. And and yeah. And then and then also, I mean if we really want to address teen suicides, right, we also got to look at the way that we prepare prepare teachers to go into the classroom. That's one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because I'm pretty sure in most of these teacher prep programs, and I've gone through them, and just like Luther's gone through them, how much conversation is, is focused around this idea of social-emotional learning? How much of all the classes we had to take to get our certification, what percentage of those classes focus on that on that aspect? I mean, right. myself, I would probably say anywhere from ten to fifteen percent. Mm-hmm. If I'm, if, yes, yeah. But most of my classes were focused around educational psychology and and theory. So mm-hmm. of course, we learned about. Uh, Jean Piaget, Lefiskowski, Edward Mm -hmm. Skinner. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much Education 101. If you are an educator who's going through a teacher prep program, you're going to learn about those theorists. Exactly. You're going to learn about, I mean, I could tell you, I could spit the zooproximal Proximal Development right now. (laughs) But the question is, how's that going to help me when a child's throwing a chair at me and cursing me out? You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. so we just have to look at the way we're preparing teachers, you know, for the classroom because teacher attrition is real. Mm-hmm. We have teachers oh. that we have, it's a revolving door coming in and out of the classrooms. Exactly. because we realize how this work is. But then the question becomes, how come they didn't get that vision during their? Teacher prep programs. Why is it an epiphany when they finally get into the classroom? It shouldn't be an epiphany when they get into the classroom. What this job is really about. What this work is really about. So I really think I really think that we need to be transparent when it comes to the realities of walking to a classroom and the amount of res- and the and the amount of responsibility that. That we have when it comes to doing this work, I don't think we're we're always honest when it comes to that in our programs. Huh. And there's a lot one. of data that suggests that. Mm-hmm. I got one. I got one better for you. I was
1: telling. I was telling them earlier. You know the Teach Grant that you get in school, right? Well, in the Teach Grant, you have to go teach in a Title One school, right? so right. i was thinking to myself well why why you just gotta you get what i'm saying you should be able to teach at any school you want to get to not just a title one school but why did i say go to a title one school because that's where the shortage of teachers are because teachers feel like they can't commute from the suburbs to what you call the urban area or the hood Let's just going ahead and keep it real mm-hmm. i did i did a research on something i asked my mom this. i said mom i said in, in jacksonville they have a grading system: A, B, C, D, and F. That's just how it goes. Most of your F schools come from where? Your black schools. That even shouldn't even be the case, especially when there's still some good teachers in our black schools. The yes. teacher, the um, the turnover rate goes in the black schools, or even some of the, even some of your middle class schools, right? But when you go to the schools on the other side of town, like your A schools, those teachers never leave. And I found out because they're always going to get those kids who are just smarter than a the smart. Their principal is one of those principals who know somebody who knows somebody, if that makes sense of what I'm saying. So they have that yeah. leverage over there that they can teach how they want to teach because at the end of the day, guess what they do know? They do know their school is going to be a school. Even your B schools, those teachers don't leave either. But then you take one of those teachers out from a B school and put them over there in the F school. And the first thing they want to say is, I've never in my life seen this type of misery before. Well, you can't really say that because just because you're at an A school, all them kids ain't angels, if that makes sense to what I'm saying. But because they know somebody who knows somebody. You're not going to really hear what goes on in the A school because they're so more focused on what's going on in those F schools and those D schools. And the first thing they want to say is all the children have um, mental issues or all the children have behavioral issues and all these kids over here shouldn't be in the general population because they're ESE. That's not the case. You you have not experienced what it means to be a teacher, because when you're a teacher, you're going to deal with all kinds of kids. But because you have those kids over there who come from those upper neighborhoods and things like that, they pretty much run the school. But when you have to come over here and teach, you don't know how to really be a teacher because they never prepared you, like you said, when you were going through college. They didn't prepare you for the D and the F schools. They only prepared you for the AB schools.
2: But I mean, even all this that we're saying, it all goes back to preserving the humanity of our kids. And essentially, we we hear all this talk about culture responsive teaching. Mm-hmm. You hear people talk about um, like Zaretta Hammond, culture responsive teacher in the brain. Um, you, uh, all these other experts. And don't get me wrong, it's a good book. Right. But at the end, being a culture responsive teacher, it's it, it it just simply comes down to good teaching. It all comes down to empathy. That's that's the that's the it's the greatest form of empathy. Right. You know what I mean? If you you care about your students, you're gonna do everything in your power to show that you care about them. And that and that transcends race. That transcends race. It goes back to humanity. Mm -hmm. Like, like um, you know, I'm, I'm a father. If my son likes, like my son loves Elmo, he loves Sesame Street. So because I know he loves Sesame Street, I'm going to try to look for books that have Sesame Street in it. I'm going to try to look for books that are dealing with Sesame Street because guess what? That's what he likes to watch. Mm-hmm. That's me take, putting forth the effort to make my son happy, to make him feel like, you know what? you know, I care. Mm-hmm. We have to take that same approach with our students, right? Mm-hmm. From day one, when they to our classrooms. Mm-hmm. That's why they tell us to get a school year is not just focusing on the rules and expectations, mm-hmm. getting to know your students.
0: Yep. yep.
2: Building the rapport with the students. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't take that first month, I didn't say two days, the first month to really strengthen that relationship with your students, the last nine months are going to be hell for you. Mm -hmm. And there is so much research that can qualify what I'm saying. It's going to be hell. So you really have to, so we really have to take the time to just like put the books aside for a second let's just focus on these kids because they're coming because the reality is this for some of them the education is secondary Mm -hmm. and why is it secondary because guess what for some of these students they're probably the the primary caregivers in their homes Mm -hmm. they're the ones who are cooking dinner for their four or five siblings exactly they're the ones who are walking their kids to school, who are walking their um their their siblings to school and and then going and coming to school late every day because of the fact that they have to drop their their sisters and brothers off to their classrooms in different schools. Right. Or maybe the fact that they come from a a home where you know what the bus route doesn't stop at their at their home. Right. So as a result they gotta walk to school or they gotta take an uber to school which they can't always afford so guess what they they walk you know good half hour or so just to get to school and i do we gotta look
0: at these situations Mm -hmm. and i just realized something um go go (laughs) sorry um i just realized something while you was talking about that um Even when the child gets to school, the teacher is going to be like, wow, you're late. You know, they don't understand, again, the the student's story. Kind of like what um, Mr. Luther talked about in the previous episode with little Matthew. How he acted up in class, in a different classroom. Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. So...
1: See, this is why this is why I don't come yeah. on here with you, Damien, because every time every time, there's always man, <laughs> I ain't finna fool with you today, man. Because we we be on here for like 15 hours, man. I'm not finna play with you today, man. I'm not finna play with you today. <laughs> look,
0: I mean, I mean, look, I I ain't mean, got nothing really, because, I mean, there, there has to be like another way to really diffuse the situation and just saying, why are you late? And get mad because the student gets late. Really? Because you don't know the story. You don't know what the, what the student have gone through. You don't know their story. So how are you going to tell them, how are you going to ask them, why are you late? In an angry tone. Like, you are like, oh, what happened? You know, what's wrong? You know, so just, why are you late? And then now the student's mad because you
2: asked right. them that question. Like, really? Right. right. It's not, it's not just not always about tardiness. Sometimes it's about, in some cases, school uniforms. Mm-hmm. You come to school and I wear a uniform. Mm-hmm. Like I've worked in school where they had to wear a uniform. And there were kids that didn't always wear a uniform to school. Now, personally, I could care less about the uniform. As long as you're in school, that's what I care about. Mm -hmm. Are you here to get the knowledge or what? If the answer is yes, I could care less what you're wearing, as long as it's appropriate for school and you're not wearing anything that's, like, inappropriate, right? Exactly. I'm good. But some people just be tripping over the, you know, school uniform rules, right? And I'm like, well, here's the thing. Have you considered the fact that maybe they can't wear the same pants five days a week because the washing machine ain't working? Mm -hmm. Or the fact they wash their clothes but they didn't dry on time. Mm -hmm. So guess what? We gotta wear regular clothes today. We might be able to wear the shirt, maybe we'll wear some jeans instead of, you know, khaki pants. We don't. If we, if we spend more time figuring out the why mm-hmm. the why mm-hmm. the source of behavior maybe we can minimize some of these suicides if we just take the time to listen mm-hmm. and to hear out our student that, that'll make a huge difference that one action can make a huge difference in their lives yeah yeah
0: that's the quote of the of the podcast right there quote of the podcast right there you
2: mm-hmm. uh, There that, you
1: go after that one man class dismissed <laughs> I'm ready to go to lunch <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: class
1: dismissed I'm ready to go, to lunch. Ready to go to lunch, baby. I'm ready to go. We, hey. It on a good note.
2: Oh, and there I, you and go. I followed you
1: on um, Twitter too, man. So, uh, you'll you'll see my request if you you know
2: get a chance to. Oh yeah, absolutely. And um, I don't know if you use other outlets as well. I mean, I'm pretty much linkedin facebook instagram you can catch me on all of them
1: okay instagram i'm on instagram right now man you go ahead and and, and throw it my way all right i got you he
2: said he's ready to go to lunch oh my
0: goodness this this is why this is why i was like this has to i was like this needs I was so excited to have you on our broadcast because your energy, your your personality, I, it's just—I <laughs> like it so
1: much. Just like it's so Kwame or mine? Uh, yours, Mister Oh, okay. Cause we, cause we both got some good personalities on here. I can talk, I can talk this brother all day too. They won't want us to teach in the same school, in the same school together. They, they be like, y'all got to go, y'all got to go. They be like y'all got to go. We, we ain't finna deal with y'all. Y'all got too much going on in here today. Uh huh. Got our kids coming in here on some other stuff. Yep, they show. Yep, yes ma'am, yes sir, they are.
0: <laughs> My have to separate y'all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> in my office now like oh man i ain't mm-hmm. do nothing but okay <laughs> that's what it is though oh, it okay. is. but man i thank y'all man i appreciate i appreciate you letting me let me come on here it's always a pleasure i'm glad i got to meet mr kwami of course like and man it was a pleasure it yes. was a pleasure
2: mm-hmm. uh, likewise
1: mm-hmm.
0: um speaking of which uh on black male educators talking about uh uniforms and dress code in their last chat for 2019 so i'm gonna hop over there to uh check it out also we talked about it in our uh in episode three in season two so go no check out right. as well um, we'd like to thank Mr. Luther for joining us on the episode, and as well as Mr. Yes, yes. hello. Um. <clears throat> so um, the question of the day is: Why do you think teens commit, commit suicide? Um, they pretty much answered they, they they pretty much answered the question right there. So. Um, This is going to be a long and fun episode. um, Like we both said earlier, grab the popcorn, grab the drink, sit down, relax, because this is going to be a long, fun one. So um, it's going to be a good one. Um, So on the next episode, we're going to talk about why educators are more stressed at work than average people. And why is that? So, we're going to talk about that on the next episode on Future Educators Talk. Um, of course, that is going to that be it. I am your co host of Future Educators Talk. I'm Darren Frett because Debian is out for the remainder of December. He will be back next year in 2020. Um, yeah. So, you can follow me on Twitter at it's a uh, note. On Twitter at Taryn underscore Fret, and you can follow on, and also you can follow me on Instagram at its Drew Fret. Uh, Of course, Mr. Kwaiwe will also be joining us for the remainder of December. Uh, Well, until then, uh, I hope you enjoy the remainder of your Monday morning. See y'all on Wednesday.
1: Yes, yes, sir. Have a blessed one.
2: All right. Yes. Right. Take care, y'all.
0: All right.